We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 180. Suns fan here with Cinderin. Still in your hotel room. How do you feel, young lad? I, I feel uh, I feel pretty good. Um, I'm a little bit tired, I guess, but that's all right. It's self-inflicted, so I can't blame anyone else. Uh, yeah, that means you were playing World of Warcraft last night into the wee um, hours. No, really. I, I wish you know. I should have just got that idea that I wrote to you about. Hey, let's record before I go to bed. I should have got that idea a little bit earlier before you started playing Centaur, and inevitably you must have lost because you played Centaur. Uh, that was an easy win, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, inevitably we won because specifically you were playing Centaur. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind doing it earlier, but I need more of a heads up than that. Like even an yeah, hour. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you know. I didn't get the idea. I was like, oh, spontaneously. Hey, I'm actually awake at a time when you can I, record. So. I'm also not against the idea of testing a different time period in which we normally record i don't know if people will care one way or the other but if it was let's say around noon my time theoretically which is mst would that be more convenient for people it probably doesn't matter because we post it but by the point it's like morning eu i don't know it's we can look into that maybe at It would some be point an interesting experiment. Uh, what was also an interesting and very fruitful experiment was the In Bruges tier uh, for Patreon. Thank you to our great friends, which Cinderin will say the first half because I've done it five weeks in a row. Probably. Oh, something like that, I guess. Here we go. T-Coil, did you know? Oh, now we're going to have fun facts at the top as well. huh? T-Coil, did you know bumblebees can fly higher than Mount Everest? What are they even doing up there? Interesting. Uh, yeah, good question. Burrito, Mac, burrito face TI in Auckland. Q Ludes is ready for the ice frog nerf hammer. Stupid co-pilot, did you know char in Persian means both donkey and huge? Yes, it's we. char. Yeah. Char. Thank you. Was that better? Yep, that's good. Okay. D2 Bowie. Yatoro does it again, Sinner, and he's been doing it for a really long time, according to you. Burger King ad for this podcast when Oscar Magdev Seeker wants to see drastic map changes in this coming patch, maybe a crater. Mm. My grandma did, does, still doesn't know what Dota is. Disco Farm D. Taste me boo, Stooge McStooge, Daddy Stood, Notice me Senpai Stooge, Santa's Ballsack Stooge, Schadenfreude Stooge. It's time to change your name once again. The Mega Pope, Auckland in, is in New Zealand. This is a good suggestion, TI in New Zealand. Zan Xavier and Nate Thicko zero one ham scrotes. Thank you also to Bacon Shark TM freshly seasoned goat balls. Janie Dop, nothing to see here. Underscore man, guitar strings. Eve Remort, Ben. His Patreon names are too long and they're annoying to read out on the podcast. Broomhead, wooden aftertaste. Anonymous, and the Mona Lisa has no eyebrows. It was the fashion in Renaissance Florence. To shave them off, Mr. Niebling. Hmm. I, you know, I'm going to Google a picture of Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. Let's see here. Yep, it's true. There are no eyebrows. I never noticed that, and that might be why she looks so weird. Or it could be that it's Leonardo da Vinci. There's a rumor. There's a a theory, whatever you want to call it, that this was a self-portrait as a woman. What do you think, Cinderin? As a good friend of Leonardo, I can I can say that there's a, there's a good chance that that is the case. You know, that brings up an interesting question that I will add to the last part of our podcast because... Right, I'm going to type it now so I don't forget. Famous dead person you would like to meet that's the wording's not great but you get the gist okay. okay uh so there's been a little bit of a change for our podcast which most people might not even notice well you probably will if you listen to audio this is only for audio listeners uh there is a platform called megaphone made by spotify uh they've been talking to us for a long time and I've been extremely 
lazy. Cinderin has been a part of the emails. It has been almost a year, probably, of me just not having the time. Of course, Cinder's not going to do anything, so it's up to me. Hey, but that's... I offered to do it. <laughs> Essentially, what this does for, for me as the person that uh, looks at like the analytics and stuff... So let me kind of boil this down. So the old site we used to use was called Simplecast. Basically, what they do is they you upload your your audio, you put in the tags and all that stuff, and then you can set it up so that it gives it or it sends it out using your RSS feed to a bunch of different like audio platforms that use podcast stuff like Spotify, Apple, whatever. Uh, the problem is uh, the system is a bit ghetto. It worked, but there's a lot of things that it couldn't do. For example. To look at viewer or to listenership, I guess it's called audio downloads. I would have to go one by one to look at like the total. Like it's an actual process to look at each individual one to see it. Uh, so it's hard to see like trends over a long period of time. It's hard to see anything really. Uh, so so megaphone allows us to do that. It's like I uploaded. I, I changed it like five days ago. As I can already see like the last week of full downloads, which I've never been able to see. I'm like holy shit. We have a lot more listeners than I thought, actually. I had no idea. So that's cool. Uh, another thing, and a big reason why we changed, other than the system is just better overall, uh, is because we can actually monetize it. So for a long time, we've just haven't given a shit, other than Patreon, we haven't given a shit about the money involved uh, with the podcast to the point where, you know, people have asked, you know, if we, can't, if we don't want to support through Patreon, is there any other way to support? And we're like, not really. And... Like, where's the best place we can watch? Like, where would you get the most money? There's not really a good answer. Because YouTube, it's to the point where I don't even send Cinder in the YouTube check every year because there's literally no point. Uh, Actual it, scammer. It's nothing, basically. Uh, but I used to tell people to watch on YouTube because the downloads, that's something that people like sponsors can visibly see, right? So that is some metric to sell yourself to sponsors or whatever. Now, however, I think it would probably be, for those people that are asking that question, I think audio might be better because we're able to put pre-rolls, post-rolls, mid-roll ads, which I apologize. You guys are going to have to listen to ads now, but it does support us, of course. Uh, so right now, I think I've set up like the most basic thing possible where there's one pre-roll, one post-roll. I don't know what other people do. I've just set that up for now and I haven't looked into anything else. So for audio listeners, you will be hearing ads or you should be maybe maybe it's not working i don't know you, you can let us know but yeah so that's kind of a big change for the podcast hopefully everything works right now haven't fully tested it probably should have done that at some point but as i said very lazy so thank you i'm sure you did it right first try and the best thing about it is i i gave cinderin admin access so he can actually do everything i can now Oh, you, that's good to it know. It allows you to add a user, which you are Glad now Glad you user. told me that before. Well, I figured you'd get an email saying that you got it, but, you know, you don't check your email probably because you're too lazy as well. I <laughs> don't know if I did. This <laughs> yeah. is news to me. That's I love this right. podcast. That's <laughs> right. Hey, by the way, I gave you admin X. <laughs> so, Senator, if you could look into how to properly do the ads for the podcast, that would really be great for me because then I wouldn't have to do it. So, no, the, the thing is, though, I do think the right or there's no right way but i do think having pre and post rolls only is probably what i would want anyway so okay well we'll, we'll talk I about think it that's good so in essence uh not much has changed uh this is theoretically a way that we will be able to monetize the podcast and yeah just looking for feedback i guess make sure i guess the big thing is make sure wherever you listen to the podcast that it still works because if not i fuck something up let us know, and probably YouTube comments is still the best place to reach us. Yeah, well, because if you mess it up on the audio, they can't reach you there. That's right. they wouldn't hear the podcast at all. I feel like there should be comments for audio somehow. Why, why is that not a thing? It must be a thing somewhere. Maybe in like 20 years they'll find the technology. Okay. Audio comments only. No That's text. Right. You have to download an audio file that says, wow, this episode sucked. I want to listen to our, our viewership, our listeners, you know? All the shit they have to talk. Okay, we have uh, some topics to discuss. Uh, the first one, which I put as a headliner, it says Skeeter peed in a bottle. Uh, that is. We, we're digging deep now for content, aren't we? So, 
Skeeter, who of course is from Tundra, if you don't know, won TI this last year. He tweeted, PGL admins forced me to pee in bottle and then shared a picture of his pee in a bottle, which by the way, he is very hydrated. I need to drink more water than that, apparently. Or more, not that, that's urine. Uh, more water than I'm currently consuming because it's it's very transparent. Senator. I'm actually impressed. Yeah. You want to rate the P real quick? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Are we analyzing this? Is that, I mean, that would be a very us thing to do about this whole thing. He also, I mean, it says it's a 500 milliliter bottle and he filled it about halfway, which is pretty good, actually, I would think. I've never peed in a bottle myself, so I couldn't tell you if, that is a lot or a little, but it must have been a lot because he couldn't wait to go till after the game, right? That's the entire. Yeah. That's the entire drama here. Is he needed to pee really bad during a match, and it was just dragging on, and they paused it, and the admin said, "Sorry, you can't leave because that could constitute as be constitute as cheating. You must pee in a bottle." I don't know if they said they. <laughs> I don't know if they said please pee in a bottle. Or if they just said, sorry, you can't leave the room, and he peed in a bottle. I don't know the specifics with that one. Did you hear anything? Well, the other thing is, did he pause? Or did he do it live while microing Naga? No, there was definitely there was definitely a pause. That would have been hype. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so just about the whole thing, right? I Obviously, I mean, this is a, a kind of ridiculous case, right? So... The rules are in place so that players don't abuse pausing for potentially cheating or, you know, getting outside information or uh, you could even use pausing just for icing your opponent effectively, which is one of the dumbest things in the NFL of all time, um, where when the kicker is about to go and score a field goal or a, an extra point that would be important or whatever, just when he's about to kick the ball, the opposing team call a timeout right. to try to tilt him and make him miss, which is just super dumb. So, yeah, so the reason this kind of rule is in place is that. And, and it needs to be there. It's a good rule that the players, once the game has started, you're playing until the game is over unless you have a tech issue or a bug in the game so that you don't abuse pausing to break out gameplay. That's good. Um, now, unfortunately, he apparently really had to go, and supposedly he also went before the game, but it was a long game, and he drank a lot of water during it, which is, honestly, I'm kind of impressed um, with how much water he drank during a Dota game and how badly he needed to go, so that in itself is a, quite the accomplishment. Um, but yeah, I think this whole thing, like, obviously, it's kind of, you, you feel a little bit I can understand why you would feel unfairly treated, right? If you're, a, if you're a team that doesn't have any sort of ulterior motive or whatever, but you just need to go to the bathroom, but rules are rules, they're there for a reason. And he th then went out with a follow-up tweet where he's like, um, where he follows up and says that he knew that the rulebook stated the bathroom breaks aren't allowed. He goes before the game, but yeah, had a long game, and he's sorry to the fans for sharing the bottle. Um, <laughs> Which I feel like I'm is not. also a little bit... That's I'm pretty not. provocative, but it's also kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty, much, that's pretty much it. He's not like calling for a rule change. He's not like flaming PGL for upholding their rules. Well, I think he was just he did, <laughs> pissed in he, the moment. He so. did send a nice one. He did send a follow-up tweet saying, PGL has asked me to clarify my previous tweet. I knew the rulebook stating... This that's is basically fair. what you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, which... It's true. That part is a little weird that he was forced to tweet something. I feel like. I don't know if he was forced. Okay, PGL asked me. That, that, that wording on the tweet would have been hype, though. PGL has forced <laughs> me to follow up. <laughs> so, yeah, I can understand both sides. And obviously, like you said, the rules are there for a reason. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Do you think as a teammate you'd be traumatized? Because the game is paused. You're sitting. I, are they in boot camp? Are they, they're together, right? Uh, yes, I think they are. Like, what would you do? Captain, you're captaining right there, and what your carry is like, God, I gotta piss so bad. Just gotta get I think I would rally my team behind him. I think I would rally my team, and then you know when there's people around you and you have to pee, you can't do it. So yeah. then you would just go back and play. Oh, I see. I thought you were gonna yeah. be a good I'd make support, it like an event. Uh, 
Oh, you want me to hold the bottle as a five? Well, yeah, because you're filling their bottle in game. You might as well do it in real life. <laughs> Would you like a refill? <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, that was the the big news <laughs> of the week. Uh, I I don't <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. That happened. Yeah, that was a good story. Uh, moving on. Well, actually, okay, real quick though, what if somebody has a condition? Let's just say I, I, I think okay, it's a different story if you have like a medical reason, right? Well, is it though? Like, so you would go to PGL and say, "Hey, I have this condition. I have to pee every fifteen minutes. Whatever the I don't know, whatever the fucking thing is." You think that they would be okay exists, with that? Probably does. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there is something. I mean, what's the alternative? Did you bring three bottles every time no, you play you Dota? No, you get a what? bucket. Obviously. Oh, a bucket. You just have a community team bucket, and you can all share it together. Just quick Wonderful. thirty second pause. You that know? sounds like the start of some really bad drinking game. All right. Anyway, uh, there was also um, you go ahead. Yeah. No, oh. I, I mean, if players do have special conditions, I have we had something similar with? Wasn't there a time with? Um, uh, wasn't there something with one of the booths at one point in the arena where somebody was struggling with it for a medical reason and they Got paid G. like extra attention to it? G. Yeah, that was that was something, right? Twice. And he was allowed to pause for it, right? And I think once he left. Improve. Yeah. Uh, I think two different instances with G. I could pretty sure I'm right. And he was puking I think you're in right. both. I don't know if it was a hangover or it was like flu or something or whatever, but yeah. Definitely felt sick. So there were exceptions made, apparently. Um, I mean, if you're like a TI and you're literally puking on your keyboard, that's not going to look good to the uh, not only your keyboard sponsor, but also Valve, right? For making them stay <laughs> while they're just, you know, honking up their, their meal and the fucking... Yeah, won't somebody think of the keyboard sponsor while you're throwing up on stage? I mean, I wouldn't be happy as a keyboard sponsor with vomit on it, you know? Yeah, or, that depends. If it's really well made so that it just wipes right off, then it's going to look really good. That's true. If he wins TI on a vomit-ridden keyboard, then the sponsor probably... That's like free advertisement, now that I think about it. As long as it's not broken. If you had to replace it, that insinuates... Obviously, you're going to do it because it's fucking disgusting anyway, but if you replace it, that also implies that it's not working because of the vomit, which means you have a defective product, thus the sponsor will be angry. A lot of levels to this... Uh, Vomit and urine yeah. we're talking about today. So really appreciate mm -hmm. that. Uh, I really can... wish we had our third member of the podcast here today to help <laughs> us out with that. He would be really useful right now. Might as well have him, honestly. Uh, he's here in spirit. Okay, next topic is the South America coverage drama. Uh, so I heard a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So I'm not going to, obviously can't talk about everything. But so South America had some pitches for the English coverage. And they went with a they went a route that I don't think a lot of people would have uh I think it was just it wasn't General Jeev I can't remember the name, sorry. Jeevicus Jeev or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh which is just a solo part literally a solo person, as far as I know. And then he tried to organize everything himself and apparently it just didn't go well. Production was all messed up. He said he made a lot of mistakes. Um Kips left as a result. And Apparently, BTS, uh, South America BTS, comes to the rescue and has taken over the coverage for South America. Uh, I think it's still only for the English, right? I believe so. Yeah, so... But they might also... BTS also has a Spanish-speaking division, right? So maybe they're also using those casters, unless that is not a thing anymore. It's been a while since I've really been in touch with BTS about Dota. Um... Yeah. But what do you think of this situation? Because, okay, think of it from like a Valve point of view, right? You're trying to sell the DPC regions. And there's rules in place where you can't do it from your bedroom. To my knowledge, mm -hmm. that's still a rule. That could be outdated. I'm not 100% sure. So this insinuates, again, that it should be in like a physical studio or whatever. But if the person you give the DPC region to can't really afford or doesn't want to for whatever reason, like, I don't know what the reasons are here, but they can't afford, let's just say, to get a legit studio for all the languages or whatever. Like, 
that's that's not great, obviously. But what can Valve do? Like, what what rule changes can there be to prevent something like this from happening? Um. Or do you think it's just bad luck in this scenario? I mean, they could. If you want to enforce this, then, um, then other options were probably possible in this case. I think to to get a different kind of setup, or you either enforce it or you have to pay for it. Right? Like those are kind of the only two options that I can think of. Is that you say, okay, this needs to have this kind of coverage. And if nobody can make coverage on the level that we expect, then there will be no coverage. Or they have to pay for it themselves. But if they're paying for it in one region and not the others, then you're playing favorites, which is something Valve don't like to do. So mm. uh, I think it's kind of tricky because running a production like this is really expensive. And if there isn't enough interest in, uh, in the regions or if there isn't enough coverage available, like we're obviously a finite amount of people and there's a finite amount of studios that are interested and... It's probably to no surprise for the Western audience that SA is not the most profitable region to run. It's also not the one that has the most interesting or the most interested Western audience. When I say that, I mean Europe and NA. Obviously, South America has a lot of viewers and has a shitload of fans that are really passionate about it. Um, but strictly from a business perspective of running this and making it profitable, SA is not one of the best regions to have. The best regions to have are probably Europe and China, I would think. Um, maybe Eastern Europe as well, depending. I, I don't know enough about the numbers, but... Um, well, I but can yeah, tell SA you, definitely. SA and NA are at the bottom. Yeah. SCA is okay. I mean, the other mm -hmm. four regions are okay, at worst. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know why this uh, suggestion or this implementation was greenlit in the first place, if this is how it turned out, but... Um, Especially because it appears that others probably, like, maybe BTS already made a bid for this and just didn't get it because it was too expensive in the beginning. Or uh, there were others that made a bid and didn't get it because, again, because of pricing and the being unable to afford it or whatever. And now that it has run and has not been satisfactory, then maybe it's also possible that BTS didn't wasn't interested until now and they kind of came to them and were like all right we need we need you guys to run this if you can and then they said sure we'll do it don't know um don't really know how this worked out but yeah, i believe this uh, will be good for the rest of the season at least to to help yep. it out so that is grand okay so next topic is the continuing status of the dpc what regions did you want to discuss? I can I can make my great graphics again. They, they right. take me a I, lot of time. Honestly, I think we could just really quickly go over them from left to right, and then I have the like the main gist of it. So I'm assuming okay. we have them uh, in the same you, order. So it's Western Europe first. Yeah. Can you make a face real quick? Okay. Thank you. There you go. I appreciate that, Cinderin. You're really good at making faces. You should be a face artist. Yeah, I look like Kermit the Frog. That's awesome. Okay. Um, all right, so Western Europe first. This is one of the regions I've been covering. So Boom, uh, production value. Pretty much full-on insight into this one. It's hard to keep track of everything, but I have looked at all the regions to get a little bit updated. But yeah, in, in Western Europe, Liquid are just owning it up. They're playing super well. Their games are very clean. I love their drafts, their strategies, everything. This is a world-class team right now. Probably in a world power ranking right now, I think I'll put them top three. Um, just outstanding. If Behind you're doing who? this well in Western Europe, then... Behind who? What's that? Mm, I, I don't... They could be number one. Right? It's just... It's always hard with cross-regional play. You don't get to see them play against the best yeah, Chinese that, team. Yeah, that's the fun the of it, is to make a prediction. If you were okay, to so rank if, them now. Uh, number one. Okay. I would agree. I think, I think. on paper, they might be the best team uh, overall. I mean, they were they got top three and then replaced Matu with. I mean, they switched positions a bit here, but they replaced Matu with arguably the best player in Dota right now, Nisha. So, yeah. and they made a role swap for that reason. So Mickey is now playing carry, and he has been playing so damn well as carry in this team so far. He did play carry for them in the past at one point as well uh, with Quikva that iteration. But yeah, just they're just outstanding right now. It's just super good Dota. 
not much to say about it. And it really goes to show, I mean, obviously all the series haven't been played out, but Liquid are currently 8-0 and zero in games, so 4-0 in series. The second best teams are 3-1 and one with a 6-4 score in games. So, like Liquid's win rate is 100%, those teams have 60. Yeah. Uh, and those teams are Gaming Gladiators and Tundra, sharing second place, and then Entity in fourth, and... Or actually, Entity is technically, I believe, tied in fourth with OG. Into the Breach are sixth, and then Nigma and Secret are 0-3 and 0-4. So Secret, losing Nisha and getting Boom has not worked out for them so far whatsoever. They're struggling to find their groove. I feel like when you watch them draft, there's no... The identity just isn't quite there for me. Um, and for Nigma, it's inconsistent, where some games they look like they're ready to go and run this major and do a great job. And in other games, it's like, yeah, just inconsistent. Um, Nigma have had two really, really good games, but they didn't win the series. So therefore, they're still 0-3. and three. They won one game off Tundra, and last night they won one game off Game and Gladiators, but they didn't so win either series. So I'm looking at Secret. Uh, they have three matches left, obviously. Yeah. Two of the three against Nigma and Into the Breach. Yeah, and the last one's against Tundra, which, based on how things have gone so far, they're pretty unlikely to win. So They will be playing Tundra first, though, yep. then Into the Breach, and then Nigma. So that's going to be a real tight race for the bottom two. Out of those three teams, the clearly most consistent team has been Into the Breach, um, in terms of like overall level, yeah, in terms into of the their breach, strategies. So their one victory is against Nigma. They went 2-0, actually, against Nigma. Yeah. So Nigma are not in great position. They have to basically upset one of the powerhouses, or like, even if they beat Secret, that's not enough, barring any weird tiebreak scenario. If Into the Breach, I guess, continues to lose out or something, I don't know. But that's going to be interesting yeah. at the bottom for sure. I mean, if, if things don't change radically in terms of how these teams are playing, I think Into the Breach are the favorites against Secret. And if they win that, there's probably not going to be any tie. So. Mm -hmm. That will be resolved in four days' time on the 23rd. That's on Monday. So that's exciting. I mean, the prospect of Secret being relegated is kind of ridiculous, right? I think it's never happened. Secret have been in Div 1 since divisions were introduced, and they've always finished mm -hmm. middle of the pack or top three. So um, Now, has yeah, Nigma been in Div 2 just as often as Div 1? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. I've uh, definitely been in Div 1 a lot more. But yeah, they did get relegated before they got promoted again last season and now they could fall down again which would be pretty rough for them it's uh it's been a hard year for them i'm sure and they they would love to find some success again and if not get to the major then at least stay alive so they don't have to go through the whole grind again it's quite the grind getting yeah. to div one so yeah that's eu uh that's the status right now uh nobody is technically qualified for the major but barring some ridiculous outcome liquid should be there for sure so they're the one team that should be fairly safe. Then in Eastern Europe, um, to nobody's surprise, really, BetBoom seem to be doing really, really well. Um, BetBoom is obviously the super team, you could say, uh, that was built with pure GPK Nightfall, Save, and Toronto Tokyo. Uh, they're the team to beat in this region right now. They did lose a single game uh, two days ago to Darksiders. Um, and then they proceeded to absolutely annihilate them in the second game. And then the third game was pretty close. But yeah, in the end, Betboom still got through there. And this region has three slots. Team Spirit are 2-0. and oh. uh, They're not at the top of the board because they haven't played enough games yet. But this region is very unpredictable. We have Betboom in first. Then we have a four-way tie for second currently. With Darksiders, Hellraisers, Team Spirit, and Virtus Pro. Um, so a lot of things can still happen here. Don't have the same amount of insight into this region because I wasn't covering it. but. It's okay, yeah, I think then. probably Bet Boom and Spirit will do well there, uh, realistically speaking. And China, right. which I've covered, yeah. um, we talked about last week about some allegations there about knights. They were accused of cheating. Uh, there is no update on this account. Um, so I'm sure there's an investigation going on, but there's been nothing conclusive because they continue playing this series. Uh, and I don't think there's been any sort of follow-up uh, additional evidence or additional uh, accusations based on the following series that they had uh, all of this started after the win against lgd that's the the following day some stuff got posted about it um but so far so far knights are continuing to play their games as usual 
uh, and they look really good. So, the, in China we have a lock. Uh, Astro are guaranteed to the major with a 5-0 scoreline currently. They look like another top three team in the world. Super good. They have a scoreline of 10-2 in games. Um, they dropped one game tonight, and they dropped one game to Extreme Gaming. So, two of the other front runners in this region. Knights might get second place over LGD, who they beat. And then probably the third, fourth will be LGD and Extreme Gaming. Like, the current top four is likely to be the final one with Astro Knights, LGD, and Extreme. Um, and then in this division, there's just, a, at this point, pretty clear, unless something surprising happens, bottom two will be Dawn, who are 0-10 in games, and Astro Aries, who are 3-10. and 10. So they're 0-5 in series as well. Yep. So this is a pretty polarizing region. Um, Southeast Asia! Yeah. Speaking of polarizing, this region is really surprising to me when I look at the <laughs> results. Would you look at that? Have Boom and Fnatic are 0-4. So this is kind of like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's exactly like Western Europe, where it's like Secret we, Enigma uh, at the bottom. What did we predict again? I don't remember. I think we both had Blacklist International pretty high. They're 3-0 right now. But Man. I think we probably had either Boom or Fnatic up high as well. I, and that is just not the case. I might have had both. Yeah. That could be. Um, so some of the newer names here, Blacklist International and Bleed, are doing really well. Obviously, it's very experienced players, but the roster or the the teams or the orgs are new. Uh, but the for me, the biggest surprise here, aside from the the poor performance of Boom and Fnatic, is Execration are currently tied for first, together with Geek Slate, Bleed, and Blacklist International. All of them have three wins, uh, and Bleed and Execration have one loss. So this re this region is wide open for the three slots. Uh, but Boom and Fnatic, as it looks, should be happy to not get relegated, which is feels a bit ridiculous to say. Um, a lot of people thought this Boom team was going to be really good after getting Zephyr and Exnova, but has not been looking has not been looking good this time. All right, fastest region to go over NA. Um, to nobody's surprise, Shopify Rebellion and TSM are at the top of the boards. This region is generally going to be about two or three teams. And the third team that you would expect to have a chance of going to the major is Nouns, who lost 1-2 to TSM, so that game has been played. And Nouns will be kicking themselves because they were really far ahead in game two and they crushed game one. Uh, but TSM managed to make a comeback in that second game and then close it out. So at the end of the day, if things play out as expected, it and will be Shopify Rebellion at TSM at the major. Yeah. Nouns will effectively more or less need to beat Shopify Rebellion or one of those two teams have to lose two teams that they're massive favorite against. So mm. probably not going to happen. Uh, Nouns needs to beat Shopify and they have been looking like the most dominant team in the region. Their games are absolute shit stomps, to be honest, like just completely rolling their opponents. They haven't faced, like we said, TSM or Nouns yet, but the way they dismantled a team like Wildcard and making it look stupidly easy is uh, concerning for other teams. Those games were 16 and 26 minutes. So, Well, also concerning for our easy. friend Dendi, who is at the bottom right now with bait. They've that only, is true. They've only played two matches, but they are against the quote-unquote easier opponents than you're going to be facing. Uh, they've played 5-rat and wildcard and lost both 1-2. That means yep. they haven't played Shopify, they haven't played Nouns, they haven't played TSM. So that is uh, looking like rough stuff, but yeah, that's fair. That we one, did mention Bait as a wild card for this. That division, one actually. is going to be down to when they play Alpha and Thayuth. Yeah, I would hit. say those are must wins. I think they are favorites against both teams, based on what I've seen so far. So I do think, I think there's a good chance Bait stay in Div One. Uh, but yeah, the whole dream of making the major after their two losses, I think that's almost gone. Like you can't afford that in NA to lose to these teams if you want to get top two. So. Um, yeah, unfortunately, they couldn't convert those two 1-1s to wins. They lost both third games, and uh, as it stands now, they need to win against probably both Shopify and TSM to make it, and I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, so we said they were a, a dark horse to get top two here. Definitely not going to happen at this point. Uh, but they could still get like a, a decent third, fourth finish if they start winning out most of their games, except the toughest opponents. And finally, SA, um, wide open as well. Two slots here. Beast Coast and Keed Stars are in the top right now, but that's because EG hasn't played as many games. EG are 
2-0, in games. That is obviously the superstar roster of SA with uh, the one with Pakaz and Whisper. Um, yeah, more to come on that later when they've played more games. As it stands right now, those those three teams are probably realistically the, the top three. Maybe Thunder Awaken uh, as a dark horse for that as well. Uh, but I would expect at the end of the day that this is going to be EGB's coast as is tradition. It's kind of what we expected preseason, and so far both teams are lossless. So that is likely to come true. That's and the they are weekly slated, update. Uh, they're slated to play last as well. Yes, that's correct. That's the absolute last game of the division, which might end up being irrelevant at that point, yeah. which is a bit of a shame. But true. We'll see. Weekly update brought to you by Cinderin's Face. Oh, that is a sponsor and a half. Okay, this is our final normal topic. Uh, there was a misleading tweet, which I didn't know was misleading until Cinderin told me, by Secret, who I assume deleted this. I don't know if we know that for sure. I don't sure. know if they deleted it. Uh, they basically came out with the total sales of the battle pass based on, correct me if I'm wrong here, the total levels. They equated all the levels total of everybody in, that used the battle pass and assumed that everybody bought each level, which obviously is not the case. Like, a lot of people got it for free even, right? The battle pass. Yep. So, these numbers mean nothing, which means this topic is completely irrelevant, Cinderin. Uh, it's not, because obviously when there's like misinformation like this, I think it's still good to like look look at what is being communicated and what might be the truth based on it. So the wording here is, the battle pass is finally over. In total, it grossed more than $293 million, out of which only $18.9 million went to TI-11. The highest battle pass we could fund uh, was level 120,300, which is true. This part is true. Which means they spent around 50k this year, which is probably also true. So yeah, there's two Chinese battle passes that are level 120k, which is bizarre to me. But you know, people can do with their money what they want. I feel like there's massive diminishing returns at some point yeah. on this. But if you're having fun with it and you're a billionaire, then who's to stop you? So, um, so the problem with this is, and this is, they got this information from Strats, which is a homepage that tracks different stuff, including the Battle Pass. And Strats has an info box on their Battle Pass tracker saying, all total spent values assume that all levels were purchased, mm. which is not the case for most players during TI 2022. So um, the thing about this is, let's say you operate with the the math here that every level one battle pass cost whatever that cost. And if people start in level 100, then they bought a battle pass with 100 levels. That's one thing. But these numbers, that means they don't account for all the free battle passes that were handing out, handed out as the goodie bag, right? It doesn't account for all the discounted levels bought with the bundles. And it doesn't account for all the free levels people acquired just by playing the game. So it means, like, this is massively skewed. And obviously the picture that is being painted by the tweet is that Valve are very greedy and selfish or whatever angle you want to take on it. At least that's one interpretation is that, holy shit, if we had the regular system, this would have been the biggest TI of all time. Uh, if I were to guess, just a random guess, I think the, pro the Battle Pass probably made it less than half of this. That would be my guess, because there's a shitload of players that reach a decent level but play for free or buy the bundles on a discount, which is obviously massively like different in terms of levels. And yeah, there's all the there's the say. candy works levels that are also quote unquote free, you know. So like let's just make the fair assumption that this is way too high. Um and then obviously you gotta keep in mind that the battle pass only the first half of it went to TI and then the second half was after, which we've already talked to death on this podcast and we disagree with and think if they do want to do it that way, it should support the DPC with the second half uh or have it as usual so yeah but um yeah overall this number is definitely misleading and i think it's worth talking about also because if we had the right number and let's assume it's 150 what does the community think then like let's say it made the same amount of money as the last battle pass but half of it was after and half was before uh so there hasn't seemed to be a lot of complaints yeah. as far as i could tell from so, the community's perspective. I, you know, God, how do I say this without offending everybody? You know, people are sheep. You know that, right? 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like I'm, I'm certainly I'm a sheep to something. It's not to this, but to something else, probably. But, sons. <clears throat> yeah, definitely a sheep to sons. Uh, but you, you don't really. Sometimes you forget these things over time. I can just speak for myself, who's now old. You don't. You take things for granted, you know, you assume the best in people until you get old and then you assume the worst and you're usually right. Uh, I cannot believe, I'm not going to go on a rant here, even though I kind of want to, like we've talked about it, like you just said about the battle pass not, you know, being the greatest setup this time around and it was a choice and instead of people complaining, it's, there's literally one of the biggest threads of the week on Reddit, 1,800 upvotes. Thank you, Valve, for giving me a free battle pass. What the fuck? How is that possible? My god. Ah, Lord help us. Lord well, help us. I mean, think of, it, think of it this way. All the people that wouldn't usually buy a battle pass are obviously going to be happy that they got one for free. Right, because from their perspective, they're getting a product that they didn't usually have access to or didn't want to get. So for all those players, the free Arcanas and the free Battle Pass is obviously great. But for all the people that are maybe usually, like maybe a little bit more invested into the way this the TI is run or organized or whatever, or at the end of the day, for everybody who inter- interacted with this Battle Pass is in some capacity, they got more than usual for free. So mm-hmm. you could say that. How was it? How did you word this sometime on a different podcast episode or something about like how obviously you just you give people free shit to to kind of how to say it put a bandaid on the situation or whatever like if, if you works. thought things weren't great yeah. yeah I mean obviously it clearly does and maybe you can be like oh it it it's more positive than you would have expected overall um, the thing is for me. I think the majority of fans, I'll just be honest, I think the majority of the fans actually don't care about the size of the prize pool. I think they don't. And I also think the majority of fans don't really care that much about the ecosystem in Dota as long as they get to watch pro games. For well, most I fans, it's not first important. Half, first half is correct. Yeah, so... People just don't care point, about the pro scene. Like, just the, casual people. Yeah, so the, the point I'm going to make is that, like... We can talk because we're obviously very much involved in the pro scene and the ecosystem and the health of it and whether it's profitable and reliable for players to make a career out of this, at least for a time. And it obviously influences our careers too, how things are run. Um, I mean, we... I can say from, from my perspective as talent, it hasn't really, like this has had no repercussions at all that TI was smaller this year. Uh, the rest of the year seems to be running, but obviously we would like for there to be more like... Though. Yeah, and we would like there to be more grandeur around around the rest of the year. If TI gets smaller, we would like the rest of the year to get bigger in compensation so that like the overall scene has more a little bit more oomph to it than it does currently. I mean, I can understand um, us having different perspectives because we work in you know, in the East. I, I just figured that Reddit would be like I'm not saying that there's no casual people on Reddit, but I figured most people would be into the esport aspect of Dota. I feel like that is common sense that the way that this system is set up now and this last, like this one felt like, oh, we just changed it. I I feel like, I truly feel like this was almost an experiment that has now been successful. So the precedent has been set. I will be beyond fucking shocked if they go back to the old system now, which means we're just stuck with this new system where the prize pool isn't as big, which is great, but the rest is just pocketed instead of making the rest of the scene better. Yeah, so, that I, we is, would be, just, you and I would be celebrating beyond belief if this was the TI prize pool and the rest of the battle pass has gone, had gone into this year. That was the dream. That was exactly what we wanted. Yeah. And we got the first half, which makes it worse than nothing. <laughs> because now yeah. TI was just smaller and there was no benefit for the rest of the year, which is what we were really, really hoping for. Imagine a season with a 20 million TI and then the majors are like 4 mil each or something. That would be so great. Or the DPC was worth more, so the, so the teams were more sustainable. Just staying in Division 1 and playing it and putting on these games every week for, for the fans, right? Like, that would have been great for me. But at the end of the day, you also have to acknowledge and look at it. And, like, it is a business. Is it good business to do it that way? 
maybe not. Like maybe it just wouldn't have been profitable or it wouldn't have been reasonable. And obviously, at the end of the day, that's kind of how things are run, right? So. Well, that's the, that's the thing, though. Like, I'm not even disappointed in Valve because they're a company, so I expect them to try to cut corners and make it as profitable as possible for them specifically to see how much they can get away with. That's literally just how you're supposed to run a business. I'm disappointed in the community for being okay with it. And that's just how it's going to be, I guess. So that sucks ass. And the funny thing yeah, is, like, so that money, whatever that money, uh, all this money we're talking about being distributed... We probably wouldn't have seen any of it anyway. Like in this, scenario, no, no, it wasn't. Right? It wasn't really literally, for our benefit. It's literally just for the players and the tournaments, uh, which I don't, I don't know how that would even trickle down to us. Maybe yeah, it would so a little bit, but probably not. The perspective for me was not that oh, if they do it that way, I personally will make more money. It is I think the season for everybody will be more enjoyable, and the events can be bigger and better because we have a way more money to run them with, mm. like. There is a reason that when I think about majors that are memorable and were really cool, most of my memories are from the three million majors that we had in the beginning. And it's not just because the prize pool is bigger, it's because the magnitude of the event for the importance of the year and the way the production was and the way the audience was and the way everything was set up and led into it and the stories and everything just felt more important and bigger. Um, and there is a direct connection between prize pool and that because when you do have a $3 million prize pool, you're also going to put more money into the production of that tournament. It's just natural. It's just bigger. Um, and I think a lot of fans, again, it's probably a minority once again of, out of all fans, but a lot of fans I think would really enjoy to have majors like that again because it felt so special, these tournaments. Um, yeah. And that's that's the biggest shame, um, I think, is that is that we don't seem to have these like magnitudes of events anymore. Effectively, if you compare Dota 2's pro scene now to quote unquote the golden age in like 2016 or whatever, TI's prize pool is smaller. Or I guess TI's prize pool is now comparable to what it was back then in reality. Um, and the majors are smaller. So all the Valve involved tournaments are just, in terms of overall prize pool and magnitude, are smaller. And then the third party tournaments aren't really stepping up because they can't afford it. Like there's not. There's this, like, we had this tournament in Riyadh last year or whatever it was, uh, which was pretty big, like, prize pool-wise. Um, but aside from that, there hasn't been, like, there hasn't been, like, a, oh, yeah. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. Has has there been a third-party tournament that had, like, a, a $3 million prize pool oh, that's, no, like, no, stepping no. up to the plate no. and running? But now that... That kind of magnitude. Now that betting sponsors are allowed NFT, like, all this bullshit is allowed... Is there anything that's not allowed, actually? Is alcohol allowed? I don't know. Betting <laughs> was like, see, like when I was running the captain's draft minor, I believe, I don't remember all the specifics, but who, who reads these contracts, honestly? Uh, betting seemed to be like the highest priority of that's not okay. I don't remember what else there was, but the problem is that's all that's left now. Because <laughs> everybody else, all the non-endemics that were a part of... Uh, Dota occasionally are just not not there anymore. So now you not have often to, anyway. Now you have to do the sponsors you don't want to go to because there's nothing else. So and you've kind of driven away a lot of the third party tournaments that wanted to run tournaments to begin with. A lot of them community grown, aka Moonduck. But BTS know, also isn't really doing much anymore. Yeah. So that's uh Yeah. Yeah. So once not again, good. I'm holding out on hope that either in the coming year or years that there's going to be bigger and more uh, interesting third-party tournaments, or I hope that Valve will want to try to bring back the old majors and that there is a way of making them profitable so that it also feels worth it to them. I'm not asking Valve to just throw money into the wind just for the sake of it, but hopefully finding a way that they can incorporate this either by changing the way the Battle Pass works so that maybe, like we have now with the two parts, where there's a part that goes into TI and a part that doesn't, what if instead of that there were two battle passes, and one of them was the TI battle pass, and the other one was the year pass, and then that year pass would contribute to the prize pool of the majors and the okay. overall health of the scene, but then that battle pass, in return, 
uh, was more profitable for them because they did some other thing that they realized they could do. People's spending habits by splitting it into two in the year, once in the winter, once in the summer, whatever it is when people have money that they want to spend on this. But the thing is, if I know Valve right, they've probably done all the analysis and recognized that this isn't worth it. Um, but I hope they're wrong, and I hope they find that out, um, that there is a way of improving it so so that we can have that. Because I, I really do miss it. I don't know if you were much involved with those majors. I don't remember if DC played in any of them when you had the team. Manila. Um, you were in Manila. That was such a fucking banger event. What an good. awesome event. Manila yeah. major, the Frankfurt major, the Kiev major. These majors were super good. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a while since we've had something like that aside from TI. So maybe it's because yeah. I'm going to these tournaments now as a caster. You think that ruins it? Perhaps <laughs> no. the prestige just goes down the two. <laughs> I mean, I guess at some point we also get a little bit jaded, right? I, I think that's inevitable that when you do this job for X years and you go to these events, obviously you've seen it. You've you been get there. Jaded. Uh, but still, was that the wrong word? No, it's just you don't seem like that type of a person. I I think how to say like the the sparkling eyes that you had the first oh, time you went to sure. TI or went to the major aren't the same after the tenth time, right? Right. So th there inevitably there will be some diminishing returns, but that also doesn't mean that all of this is rose tinted glasses and it was so cool because the majors were new and fresh. I think the reason we have those memories is not just that it was new. Is my point. I right. think they were also a different beast to begin okay. with. So, yeah. Okay. So with that, we're gonna segue. <laughs> this was okay. not by design. Okay. I know oh. <laughs> this, this is gonna seem like I put it here on purpose. This has been here for God knows how long. Maybe six months. Many many weeks. Yes. And it's because our episode is not long today, so we have time. The only Patreon mailbag question left from Guitar Strings asks, what will be the downfall of Donut? <laughs> uh, okay, so, yeah. I think there's a pretty simple answer to this, and I think it has nothing to do with the pro scene, to be honest. Um, okay. Or, okay, maybe that's a bit of an extreme, but I think it's, it's, the pro scene is not the most important thing for this. Like, as, as much as we love Pro Dota and we make a living off it and we really care about it, the vast majority of players are casual players and just want to have some fun and kill some heroes. The downfall of the game will be if it doesn't get updated anymore and doesn't get support, which is what happens to other games when they become quote-unquote dead games, is that the developer announced that they won't work on them anymore. And then the player base ultimately get bored with the game because it's too similar, and they move on to play something else that's fresh, that's more interesting. Gamers have pretty short attention spans in general, and the thing that has maintained such a strong player base in Dota forever is the running updates, from my perspective, and the love for making this game uh, something special over and over and over again for like 20 years now. Um, if that spark goes away, and we enter the territory of, say, something like Team Fortress 2 or uh, something like um, Heroes of the Storm, where Blizzard just got and announced this is the last patch we'll ever make. We're stopping support for this game, that kind of thing. Then ultimately, that would be the downfall. Let's say Pro Dota died at the snap of a finger, but they kept patching the game and kept putting in a battle pass that didn't contribute to any prize pool, but was just for the fans of the game to get mm -hmm. something to play like in. Yeah. What's it called? A Fortnite or whatever? Dota would still thrive as a game. Of course. Um, but yeah, the downfall would be stop of okay, stop so from the devs. Let, let's make the question a little bit more interesting because I agree. I think this is that's the obvious answer. Basically, what is the downfall of Dota? It would be Valve not updating the game. Mm -hmm. At what point do you think that happens? It's inevitable that oh. it happens at some point, right? Surely. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be here 40 years from now and they're updating Dota 2. I think, to be honest, this could happen when Valve makes their next hit. I think until they do that, they will maintain this game. Okay, let's say they come out with Neon Prime tomorrow, it's a big hit, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Then what happens to Dota? It's a slow death? If Okay, so if Neon Prime gets huge, first of all, it's a matter of if there's any overlap between player bases, right? Let's say Neon Prime comes out and a huge part of the Dota fan base love this game and play it a lot. And they can obviously see that on the metrics, right? 
if the player base is very interested in this game and uh, it becomes a smash hit and it has big tournaments and like an esports scene that fans you know gather around and the casual play is really good and fun and there's a lot of depth to it. Uh, then I could see Valve just reassigning their resources from the people that work on Dota 2 to look more in that direction. Um, I'm trying to remember when they stopped really developing much on Team Fortress 2, if there was an overlap with another game becoming successful, if that was around the time that CSGO came out or around the time that Dota 2 came out. I've never played TF2, so I'm just ignorant in this. I'm just wondering if there's a connection at all that, okay, we have this other game now that is a smash hit that we want to work with. because, yeah, when... There's a big hit. Basically, what happens at Valve is people can work on whatever games they want. Yes. And there's less people wanting to work on Dota. I think I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. So you're right. When there's a big hit that everybody wants to work on, even like when they were doing Artifact and Underlords, a lot of people from the Dota team went to the, those games temporarily. But I yep. don't, like, Icefrog was still fully involved with Dota at the time. So it didn't seem like that was much of a change, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they come out with Neon Prime. It's a big hit. Even if it doesn't take away some of the player base, it's still going to... Because there's not regular updates, theoretically. I, I feel like it's going to be really slow. It's not like going to be, hey... It's not going to be out of the blue, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, even of course with, not. Even with Heroes of the Storm. Like that wasn't, I wouldn't say that was out of the blue. Maybe some of the players thought so, but the game was never that popular, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a huge shock or anything. But it's still popular, so... I mean, I think a good, an actual good comparison here is Dota and Dota 2, right? Dota had a really thriving player base and had tournaments and had a lot of stuff going on. Dota 2 comes out, uh, the player base starts trying out this game and they start transitioning to it. And as a result, Dota 1 is now a way, way, way less played game. Obviously, it still has like niche communities and you know countries that still where they still play Dota 1, uh, especially in like land cafe environments or whatever, but. For the most part, this game replaced it, right? It is also a copy in a sense, right? So obviously, it, it's more it's more natural for this to just overtake it. But that kind of development that happened to Dota could could happen to Dota 2 if quote-unquote Dota 3 comes out, which just isn't Dota anymore, but garners the interest of the player base, garners the interest of the devs. And I mean, I wouldn't blame the devs for it. You know, Dota 2 has been a game that's been out for, what is it now? Over 10 years now, we're up to 12 uh, and obviously there was the development time of even getting it launched, so probably they've developed Dota for well over 15 years now. Um, That's probably a lot time. of the devs that worked on it in the start don't work on it anymore. Most of them will have either moved to different projects at Valve, or they work for a different company, or they retired. Like, <laughs> you know, 15 years is a long time, uh, especially in that industry. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, at some point when you're in that work environment and you have, have, have that flexibility, you would look for new challenges, look for something else that is interesting rather than maintaining the same game for years and, and years and years. I'm going to give Valve so, a little bit sense, of right? credit, even though I don't like the implementation of the second half of the Battle Pass. Mm-hmm. I also think that that is going to be, if they're going to continue on with this, it's going to be more manageable for even smaller teams, which they're expecting because people yeah. are leaving Obviously, COVID was a big hit for everybody, uh, yeah. like game industry. So I think part of the reason that they're doing that is to just make it more manageable going forward because they're just not going to have as many people wanting to work on Dota. So we're going to have less updates, I would assume, generally. I mean, it's been two years, more than two years now on the same map. Uh, that's... Probably what's and there's be the, the rumor norm. that Ice Frog is more involved with Dota again, which, if is true, could also have some implications on what is happening with the other stuff that he was rumored to be working on. Is right. that just they abandoned is that it? Kind of <laughs> did they abandon it? Is is that is the part that he was playing in that more or less complete for the time being? So he has he other probably wanted to rename Neon or... Prime Artifact Three, and they said, <laughs> "Okay, go back to Dota, bro." That was it. And we haven't really talked about that. If that is true, that uh, Ice Frog wasn't hasn't been working on Dota recently. Yeah. Do you so, think that would have been a big uproar if people knew about it? Like it felt like it kind of this rumor leaked out, and then it feels like more than a rumor now. But nobody seems to really be that bothered by it. You know, I thought there'd be more of a reaction. I'll say it this way. I feel like if Ice Frog is working on Dota again, you will be able to tell in the next patch. Because I think his way of developing this game and of patching things is unique to all of gaming. 
there's a reason he's held in so high regard is that his track record of how he patches this game is unmatched for me. That's why I was excited to hear he's working on another game because I think in terms of like game balance and creativity, he is the number one in video games. So, so I hope, I mean, okay. I, first of all, I hope he's working more on Dota again, if he wasn't, uh, which was the speculation that I had for a long time myself as well. If he is, that's good news. But I also hope that whatever else he was doing wasn't just shelved and all of the work he put in was for naught. Because that would also be a huge shame. Because I wanted to try this new game. I was like, if Ice Frog was working on another game, man, yeah. I want to see what this is, you know? True that. So I, I guess the silver lining is if that game was shelved, then he's back on Dota, and I would be happy with that. But let me try the other game too, right? Um, so I guess, I guess, yeah, that's... I mean, isn't that just the downfall of every game, though? Yep. But the, the, the player base dwindles because of lack of updates or because the genre just is finite. I think auto-battlers are a pretty good example for that in the, in the grand scheme you? of things. How dare you? Uh, I mean, you have... There, like I said, there's niche communities for everything, right? So, obviously, you can have an auto-battler that has a community, but it's not going to be as big as when auto-chess came out. That yeah. just isn't happening again. Like, yeah. you can make the most insane auto-battler now, but you're not getting millions of players. I just don't think that genre has the longevity for that for most players. Agreed. But for niche communities, absolutely. You're one of the people that might be playing auto battlers for 10 years because you love it, and that's great. Um, but it's not... Everybody isn't isn't going to play them for that much. So, Alright, so from dead game to our final topic, uh, dead people you'd like to meet, Cinderella. Oh, uh, Jesus. The reason we brought this up it's from the beginning of the episode where Leonardo da Vinci was brought up, and that would definitely be, I feel like, the number one choice. You He's, think so? Sounds oh, fucking maybe. awesome. I mean, literal genius, like, coming out with inventions that were, weren't made for, like, hundreds of years in some cases. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of the smartest people to ever exist. That would be... I mean, a part of me would be fascinating, but the other part of it, I'm probably still too stupid to understand. Like, yeah, be able how to, about fucking Genghis Khan instead? Well, he did a lot of fucking, so that is a good term to use for him, I suppose. Wow. Uh, would Genghis Khan? No, not not super interested. I feel like a lot of the people that I'd think about wanting to meet are probably so fucking racist. <laughs> just I like mean, any, it, just an it was a different person. time. Yeah, exactly. So. Not that that's an excuse, but the world was so different that if you meet anyone from 200 years ago, the disconnect would be insane. Like, you would have no... <laughs> Think of how little shared life experience you have with a person that died 200 years ago. I'm gonna, Okay, I, I'd love to... God, I hope people don't get mad about this. I don't care. I'd love to meet Jesus, because I, from what I'm hearing in America these days is he would be a real fan of guns. So, interested what his oh. opinion on that would be. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's good. First thing I think that's of with Jesus is guns, you know? It perfect connection. <laughs> All right, real answer though for a uh, a somewhat recent death in the last 20 years or whatever. Uh Robin Williams, I would have loved to have met. That guy was fucking oh, awesome. Yeah. And the weird thing about Robin Williams is I actually did not find him funny at all like his comedic sketches i actually did not like at all but his acting it just felt so true to me you know and he was a very depressed person had obviously issues but super nice fucking guy and it's a real shame what happened to him so that one when that came out i was super sad because he seemed like somebody that was just a real g if you know what i mean anybody come to mind for you cinderman uh, I'm not really good at these things. I saw someone in chat writing Isaac Newton, which I think would also probably be very interesting. It's just like everybody that's coming to mind for me has something to do with science, and I just don't know if that like because Isaac I just Newton? feel like sure, yeah. So people that people that come up with these like that have these scientific revelations, I think they must be really interesting to have a conversation with, mm. right? Because like in order to get those ideas. The way you see the world and the way you think in general has to be inspirational one way or the other. I mean, it's also possible that meeting those people, the conversations would be really weird because, again, you would have no common ground or the way they think of things is just so 
abstract that you wouldn't really uh, what about get Mozart? anything Mozart out Mozart would be cool, right? Mozart would be cool. The first guy that came to mind when you said it for me was Albert Einstein. Um, okay. But, I don't know. It's kind of a boring answer, I guess. It's not. Why is that boring? I don't know. Just because you just said like, it? Yeah, that makes things pretty boring. When I say things, they <laughs> immediately get boring. Yeah. I can say the most hype thing, and people will be like, okay, dude. Um, hmm. Good. Glad to okay, hear. Okay, I'm just... I, I, found a, I found a post here. I found a homepage here. Top 10 famous... Uh, top 10 famous dead people you'd most want to meet. Here are the... Here they are. Elvis Presley. George Washington. Marilyn Monroe. Mahatma Gandhi. Michael Jackson. Abraham Lincoln. That, Walt Disney. That's more Bruce than five. Lee. What the fuck? Mel Blanc. Or Mel Blanc and Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, okay. Did I say five? I said top ten. This is a very American list, other than Mahatma yes, Gandhi. The first thing I thought was like, wow, this is really I don't think I want to meet any of those people. Mahatma Gandhi would be cool, I guess, but other than yeah, that. Gandhi would probably be pretty cool. Who gives a shit about George Washington? That's not, I feel like that's not interesting. I think about Bruce Lee. Oh, he it's was on that he list? Was that. Yeah. <laughs> well, people were very fascinated by him. Uh, went before his time. You know, his son died in a movie. Did you know that? I did not. His son was in a That's movie. That's pretty tragic. And the gun that they used was real, and he died. Pretty was, fucked Wait, up. was this somewhat recent? No. This was okay, like because I remember that... 80s? 90s? Okay, I remember 80s, a story of this from this from last year, I think, that happened again with a prop gun. Yeah, that, that was, was Al... No, Al. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Killed somebody yes, by accident. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, man. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah, the movie somebody's saying was called The Crow. I think it was, I feel like it was 80s. Somewhere in mm -hmm. that ballpark, but yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Alright, so what was your choice at the end? Uh, what did I say? I said Mozart, I said... Uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci. Oh, da Vinci's the coolest. I da Vinci's think. a good pick. He's the coolest. I think. I can't think of a more fascinating person in history than Da Vinci. It's definitely very fascinating. I'm interested mm. what you guys in the comments of YouTube, if you want to post, not you know, not that we're going to talk about it again. I'm actually just interested in what people would put. Cause yeah, what they would pick. There's got to be some good ones that we're not thinking of. I'm I'd trying to the... think back further. If there's somebody from like the Viking Age or the Middle Ages, that would be cool to meet. Joan of Arc. Oh yeah, Joan of Arc. Sure. I'll probably. Uh, I think somebody like Joan of Arc would also be really cool. If you think about like, at least the version of that society that we know about, the information that we have about how it was back then, I think she would have been a really cool character. Yeah. I think that's going to be my pick, actually. What about a Zeus? Huh? You don't want to meet a Greek god? Sundaran? Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well. All right. My pick's Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this week. Uh, next week will be another episode, believe it or not. That's how this works. Uh, you're going to be in the hotel room by then as, as well, or are you going to be gone? Uh, I'm going home on the 25th in the evening, so mm. that will be next Wednesday. So I will be home on the 26th Okay. in a week. I do think we can re record regular time, I would imagine, but I'll let you know. Okay. Sounds fine, good. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye. -bye. Goodbye. We say thanks to Darlene and Subscribe. But thanks for listening. Yeah.